Welcome to the Good Endeavor Business Show, where we explore profound meaning behind our work. I'm Mark McDaniel, along with my friend and co-host, Bobby Harrington. We're embarking on a journey to discover how everything we do in business and life, big or small, carries inherent significance. Join us as we delve into the heart of small business, aiming for excellence and service in every step of the way. Welcome to another episode of the Good Endeavor Business Show. I'm your host, Mark McDaniel, with my co-host, Bobby Harrington. And we've got Bodie, the dumpster rental guy, on with us. And uh, Bodie, I've been following you on Twitter for just a little while now, but it's intriguing because I think I was talking to you before the show about how our short-term rental business has really looked into dumpster rentals because there's construction in the in the area that we are so you know you're the dumpster rental guy on twitter slash x can you kind of give us a little background on on that name and kind of what you're doing over there and um so on so i wasn't always going to get into the dumpster rental business um my girl's family actually my girlfriend's family my future fiance has the had the biggest dumpster rental business in new york city for many years and um i was in college my cousin owns a big um, asphalt business. His dad does. My third cousin. We we're playing college lacrosse, Division II lacrosse, and we're just seeing trucks pass by every day, every day. And we're like, "Damn, we're running on this field right now. We could be making money." Um, at the time, like I have a pretty extensive marketing background. I did two internships, um, one for Benjamin Moore and Co., the paint company, and I worked for a marketing agency called Active International. When I worked for those companies, Active International, I worked on accounts like Kroger and Firehouse Subs. And then at Benjamin Moore, I was the marketing manager of 10 of their stores. Um, I was working under the marketing manager as an intern, learned a bunch about local SEO, Google ads, Facebook ads, marketing stuff. My cousin and uncle came to me, senior year of college. I was about to graduate. And he was like, I had a job lined up and everything. He's like, this dumpster rental business is for sale. Um, you should definitely, we should definitely look into buying it. You could take your marketing skills and just throw it right into this business. Um, I'm in Southern New York, outside the city. So there's a lot of politics in the dumpster rental business in this area. And um, you pretty much have to know someone to get a license. So having this connection, we were able to acquire this business and get a license seamlessly. And um, we just bought 20 dumpsters in a truck from another guy who was just done with the business. Um, he was like 65 years old. Him and his wife were retiring. His wife was like the head of sanitation for the town. So we had a great opportunity, beat up business, no Facebook, no Instagram, no website, Google My Bit, absolutely nothing, bare bones. We got a short customer list and that's it. And like an existing driver. And we were like, we got to take this opportunity. Before we get into the dumpster rental side of it, um, I was talking to some SEO guys just yesterday. And they were telling me like, this is like a potential gold mine, basically what you did. And then you turn your, your knowledge for Facebook ads and marketing and Google ads and SEO and Google, my business, all that stuff. Like they've seen, you know, companies get turned around a hundred percent in like a year to 18 months. Yeah. So at this point, like, I feel like I can go into any service business with this type of opportunity and flip it like that. Um, just from going through this the past three years, and now I have a pretty extensive SEO agency, and I'm doing it for others. And I'm just, I just feel like I know I could do this in so many different industries. Um, 
where it's just like, it's a skill I have for life. And I'm just able, I think I'm able to grow, flip any business with this type of opportunity. Part of what makes it work up there where you are is that the barrier to entry to get that license is really hard, right? Yep. It's a big, that's a big issue. The good thing about where I am is like, I take consulting calls sometimes on Twitter with people like around the country. And I always tell them, if you're going to get into this business, you need to know who owns the dump. And if you're competing with who owns the dump, because at the end of the day, whoever owns the supply chain in any business is the winner. And where I'm at, the government owns the dump and you can only dump at their dumps. So every price is regulated. We can bid on anything like anybody else. And it's all very regulated and bidded the same. We're like places like Texas, someone owns the dump and they're moving containers. So they dictate the price. Like if you're charging 60 a ton, they're charging 30 a ton, no matter what. So it's impossible to compete in some places within this business. Well, Bodie, for, um, for someone that maybe like you're throwing out, you know, SEO, Google AdWords, all this stuff for someone maybe that is not as familiar um, with all of that, what, what would be like a two minute kind of masterclass on what somebody like you could do with a service business that maybe doesn't even have a website and somebody like you comes into that business? So what I do for a lot of different businesses is I always just start out with building them a website with service location pages. Um, for example, I'm in Rockland County, New York, and we have, let's say 10 towns. I make out a service page for each town, um, within Rockland County. And then I build them a Google My Business profile and actually link the two to each other. It shoots webs throughout the internet. And um, that's what increases the Google My Business profile's ranking on Google. I have some secret sauce behind that. I don't like to share with many people. And um, that's what really gets you ranking on the Google on that side of things. Um, backlinks is another thing, but pretty much it's just increasing your domain authority of your website, which will increase your Google ranking. I'm just able to do that pretty much for any business now. Um, and it's just from my background, it's, I was a little self-taught and I had people teaching me in my internships, but they were teaching me more technical SEO. So once I was eight, like Benjamin Moore came out with an e-commerce platform when I worked with them. So I helped them build that e-commerce platform. They were more building that SEO on like a search engine type of thing. There was no Google map pack at the time. So I pretty much had the technical CEO knowledge, took it to the local service-based businesses, and I was able to dominate quickly. So the idea is that if you do that for like a service business, like this dumpster business in your area, yep. all of a sudden, you know, the random person goes on and I need a dumpster or whatever. Dumpster near me. Your, your business is going to be just extremely likely to kind of pop up first. Yes, sir. And I build out my profile. I build out my Google My Business profile where it's like an Instagram page or a Facebook page where the customer is sold before they even pick up the phone because you build it out so professionally compared to the other companies in the area where the customer is sold before they even can pick up the phone. They see your reviews, which is social proof. They see your products page and they see that you have updates and whatnot. So like they see that you're an active profile and that's why I get calls all the time. Like for example, I posted on Twitter today I have a client, he has two dumpsters from me. My biggest dumpster is a 20 yard dumpster. Plenty of other companies have 30 and 40 yard dumpsters, but they use us because of our service. If they want their dumpster picked up, I'll go pick it up. I'll leave my house and go pick it up. Even if one of my drivers are away and they're done for the day, I'll go and pick it up. Like I'm all about giving people the best service possible. What makes this low, I mean, 
I perceive what makes this low hanging fruit is a lot of these services business are owned by somebody in the, in the baby, baby boomer generation. And so I was talking to some folks yesterday, they were like specifically in real estate, like if you're in real estate and you're in your twenties, you're a broker. If you're in real estate over that, you're an owner, but you don't understand AdWords and Facebook ads and, and SEO is, is that kind of what you're running into? So you got it. I mean, you've got some low hanging fruit, but maybe in five years, there's a couple of things I'm running into. Another big thing about the boomer generation is they made all their money already. So now they were hungry 30 years ago, 40 years ago. They made their money. They built an amazing business. Their kids take over and run it to the ground because their kids grew up wealthy already. So I see that a lot. I see that a lot in these industries. And also that's another thing I see. But most of the time, like someone like me operating a business, even if you are 25 years old, Let's say you're a pressure washer. You could learn SEO. You could learn Google ads, but why do you even want to bother learning it? Because you want to worry about servicing your customers. Like there's no reason to worry about this, like washing 10 houses and then being filthy, going home, showering, and then building out website pages. Like you shouldn't want to have to do that as a business owner. Maybe your first year in business, but like after a certain amount of time, like you don't want to handle that stuff um, no matter what age you are. So I see the opportunity with boomers, but I also see it with young 25-year-olds who just, why should they have to handle SEO and Google ads if they don't have to? Because you'll make more money paying it off and instead of just working on your business, you have to work on other stuff that you're not a professional at. So you could be trying to build SEO, but you should be working on your truck or giving your truck an oil change. So stuff like that is a big example. For me, this opportunity, I could not take it because of my marketing background. We got a small book of customers, but I, the minute I sat down with my uncle and my cousin, I knew like we could blow this thing off the wall. Yeah. We pretty much had. Like my company, we we hired other companies to do SEO and and yep. Google and Facebook ads and YouTube ads. Somebody told me this, We've Bobby and I actually interviewed a guy and he owns um, a lot of franchise restaurants. And he made the comment to me, um, kind of a part, but he was just like, you know, I get, and I think this goes to your point, Bodie. He's like, I get a cleaning crew, a third-party cleaning crew to come in every night and clean my restaurants. And so he was asked by somebody else, like, why do you, why do you do that? That's like three times the cost. He's like, well, it's my employee's least favorite part of the night. They're the last two hours, they're always focused on getting ready to go home by cleaning up everything. He's like, if they were focused on serving food and customer happiness, he's like, we could bounce our numbers up. And he's like, you know, after a test drive of like three months, their food sales increased, their customer satisfaction increased, and all this increased just by changing the mindset. Like, stop focusing on, and, it, and I liken it to the owner out there who's like pressure washing themselves, you know, or trying to learn this other thing on the side, like zoom out. And kind of become a business leader. Like if if you didn't, let's just pretend like you didn't know, you know, Google AdWords and Facebook ads and SEO. How would you, like if you bought this business, how would you have approached it then? I honestly probably wouldn't have bought the business. Uh, being completely honest, because like we took a shot in the dark. Um, at the end of the day, I wouldn't have bought the business without having that confidence on my end. And I probably would have focused on social media more than because social media is pretty easy. I hate social media marketing. 
Um, I really don't need it, but I honestly pay someone to do it still. I would probably focus more on the social media side than the back end SEO and ad side um, more than anything because I would have outsourced it, but I just knew so much at the time where I really didn't feel the need to. And um, I pretty much do all the admin work anyway. Um, like I don't hire any VAs or anything. I do all the billing. I collect all the money. Um, I do everything pretty much besides drive the truck. I schedule everything. So for me, it was like the perfect opportunity. Otherwise, I wouldn't have done it. Or if I was going to do it, I would have been inside the truck. I wouldn't have been on the end, on the back end side. But the thing is, I could still get in the truck any day and rip it around. Like I did that this morning. I've done that a couple of times this week because one of my drivers are on vacation and my other driver's brother just passed away. So I have to get in the truck this week. I'm lucky it's the winter time, but I'm still an like, owner operator if I have to be. Yeah. What if you, um, like, give us an idea when you bought the company, what kind of what, what kind of business was it doing? What kind of numbers was it doing versus like what you've grown it to? Like, are you okay with sharing so, that? Yeah, I don't care. When, when we bought it, uh, the, the old owner only was really doing cash deals. Um, this guy, like 65 years old, old timer, complete old timer. Um, just like losing it like just wanted to retire wanted out he was doing like 300 grand a year maybe maybe I, I, don't, I don't even know all we got was a list of customers and how many dumps he did the previous year so and like our list of customers was like him going through his flip phone and being like ricky 917-233-1426 and like me writing it down like oh my god okay or like he was giving off a list of dumpsters it was just on like a piece of paper and he was just like, this dumpster's here. And I'm writing it down. I'm like, okay. And then driving around, seeing where this dumpster is. Honestly, I don't know. But our first year, we did 340. Um, second year, I did 550. And then this past year, um, we did like 778. So 780 and change pretty much. So you've more than doubled in a couple of years. Yeah, we've doubled it. And we have 50 containers now, um, two trucks. So it started with one old truck and 20 containers um so it's it's grown significantly well what do you guys um you know as you're starting it sounds like you're just getting more and more momentum uh each year what are you guys doing to kind of capitalize like kind of on the back end are you with like reviews and and feedback and then you know putting that back out there and some of the customers my biggest issue is in the sun, the wintertime, it's slow. I'm in New York. It's bone slow. It's snowing right now, like looking out my window, like it's bone slow. What we're doing is just, we got to order more containers because there's sometimes in the summer where logistically it's a mess. Like I have to do seven drop-offs and seven pickups, but I could always push pickups off to the next day. But um, if I don't have any containers in my yard, I got to pick up seven, drop off seven. And then let's say I have five roofers who need a dumpster before 10 a.m., I gotta pick up set. I gotta pick up five dumpsters and drop off before 10 a.m. It's impossible. It's impossible to do that. So what I'm doing is we're welding up containers in the winter time, and we're also um, buying more containers in the winter time. So we're just keeping just simple stuff like that will keep us over for the summer. But marketing wise, no, the business is honestly on autopilot at this point. Marketing wise, we have a very big name in our town. Um, very good word of mouth marketing too, which is the best form of marketing. We have a group like Rockland Mommies, like someone's like, I need a dumpster rental. They always call us. Like we, like we are just, we have a ton of social proof and brand awareness around the county and um, it's really helped us grow. Let me ask you, where, 
I've got a couple questions um, right quick. Where do you buy these dumpsters? Are they on like third-party websites or do you kind of buy them directly? Do you have to buy a special kind? I buy them directly. Um, there is third-party websites um, that you could buy them from, but I just go right to the supplier. I go to this guy in Pennsylvania, um, Hidden Valley Containers is the name of this company. And they're just a great mom and pop company. Um, they're great people, great, easy to work with. Um, they charge seven fifty to deliver them to me, which is free at that point. So it's just like it's very, very simple and easy. easy to deal with them. So I'll I'm happy with their business and I'll keep using them because they've never done anything wrong with me. So what is I'm just curious about unit economics. Like <laughs> if you don't mind sharing, what does a dumpster cost? It always changes. I knew yeah. this was coming. And what is it what are you in it for? So when I first got into the business is right during COVID, right after COVID, um, and a dumpster was like 6000 at the time because steel was so high. Everything was screwed up. Everything was screwed up. And then now we're like, I'm paying 4500 a dumpster. And you got to buy at least five to get yeah. a better deal. And you ran it for a couple hundred bucks a day or something? Yeah, it depends. I usually charge like 525 up to two tons. Um, that's for a homeowner. We dump at 124 a ton. So I net profit. It depends, honestly, how much. A homeowner usually, I can do the math right now. Um, what is it? 525, 124 times two. So 248. So I make like, I net like 315 to 330 a dumpster on a homeowner. It depends um, what they're throwing out. Contractors are different. Contractors, I charge a drop-off fee and, a pit and just pick up, charge them by the ton. So I'll charge a three hundred dollar drop off fee, and then one twenty four per ton. And price is determined by the weight. I do that with contractors because they're recurring customers. I always keep an accounts receivable with them, but um, I just don't know. Like five tons of shingles is like an eight hundred dollar dump bill. Yeah, yeah. What do you think so, about? It? I got pitched this idea of smash my trash like a couple years ago. Is it? Tell me about it. Like what? If someone did that to my dumpster or anyone's dumpsters in my area, they'd be done. They would, they would, they wouldn't, it wouldn't be good. We wouldn't be happy. They'd be buying us a new dumpster. The problem with smash my trash is when you're dumping, when you're paying to dump, like let's say you do smash my trash, you're paying $150 to smash my trash, but you're getting an extra ton in the container. You're just going to pay for it anyway. It makes no sense to me, Smash My Trash, because you're paying by the weight anyway. So Smash My Trash doesn't make sense. It also damages the dumpsters. So if someone ruins my dumpster, it's like, dude, like you, you could have just got another dumpster from me and it would have been cheaper probably than getting it smashed, still having to pay for the weight and paying for it to get smashed. It's It doesn't make sense to me, the Smash My Trash game. I wouldn't invest in it. They pitched... They pitched me on the idea that the consumer would pay for every every trip that the dumpster made. And so this would require less trips. But you're saying it's it's less about that than it is about weight. Yeah, because it's the trips don't matter more than like, let's say you're going to save two, they smash and you get an extra two tons in there. Those two tons are still going to cost you 250 plus the 150 they charge you. And you're damaging the container. There's too much liability. Um, we're like, I could, if Smash My Trash messes up my container, I could sue you and I could sue Smash My Trash. And with these service-based businesses, you've got to worry about liability um, because there's a ton of it. 
ton of liability. Bodie, for um, man, for some, there's probably tons of businesses out there like this that, like you said, somebody that's 65 years old, they've been doing this business for a while. They're looking to get out. You know, they may not go to the real super traditional route of trying to sell the business because maybe they're not even online or whatever. What? How would you advise another entrepreneur that maybe wants to get into this and like? How do you buy? How do you finance? I mean, just kind of all that stuff. I do a lot of consulting calls. So I, what I advise anyone jumping into this business to have at least a hundred grand liquid um, to get in. Otherwise, it's not worth it unless you have something like short-term rental. It's still not worth it um, unless you have a hundred grand. If you're playing with anything less than that, don't even bother. It's a capital intensive business. And people don't realize that. Too many people on YouTube say that. Like, oh, all you need is a truck and a trailer, but it's not that easy. Um, what I advise people to do is to d buy a new truck, um, like an F-750 or F-650. That's a hooklift truck. I don't know if you guys are too familiar with this type of stuff, but um, it's a hooklift truck. A lot of landscapers use it. Buy like an F-750, five containers. You can finance an F-750, 25K down. Um, then I'd buy five dumpsters and then just leave the rest of the money in the bank. Um, cause insurance is a lot of money and, um, what's it called overheads. It's a ton, it's a ton of overhead, this business. Like if you don't have that type of money, don't do it. Um, I know people that do trailers and like dual wheels F three fifties, but those F three fifties brand new are 70 K where you can get an F seven fifty that's bigger and can have way more payload without the trailer. And you're only paying like 110 grand. It's another 40 grand but your business operates way better. Um, another thing is people will just say, oh, I'll just buy a dump trailer and rent the dump trailer out. Dump trailers are like 10K good ones that people want to rent are like 10,000. But you got to worry about the wheels on the dump trailer and you got to worry about, like there's more wheels involved, more overhead. Um, all these dump trailers have an electric motor on them or a gas-powered motor that could break. We're like, to have a hook lift truck, you have a hydraulic, you have hydraulics in the back and like it, if a hydraulic hose breaks, you're paying what, 30 bucks to get it fixed, 40 bucks to get it fixed. It's not that much money. Um, where if you're pulling dump trailers and you have a heavy load, you're pulling out your transmission, your truck, you're pulling stuff your truck can't carry. It's a way bigger liability. It's not worth it. Are your, um, are your drivers 1099 or are they full-time guys? Um, they're full-time guys. Yeah, they're full-time guys. They're also, they have their CDLs, but my business is all non-CDL, 26K GVW. Um, the reason I do this is so I can plug anybody in. I could definitely go the route of going CDL, getting big trucks, big dumpsters. I don't want to do that. I like to base my business off of been there, dump that. Um, they're a pretty big friend. They're like the 1-800-GOT-JUMP-GO dumpster rental industry. That's who I base my business off of. That's who I want to be. Those are the customers I go after. Like if I'm going after another company's customers, that's who I go after because they have way more overhead than I do. What's the threshold for CDL? Is it over 20 feet? I don't even know, honestly. I probably should, but I don't even worry about it because I'm never looking to get into it. I know it's 26K GVW or higher. So what we did is we bought a truck that can handle 33K GVW, which is like gross volume weight. It can handle 33K GVW, but... We got it set to 26K. So God forbid we are carrying a heavy load. We can handle it. We can handle it. You know, like we can handle the weight. We just have to worry about getting pulled over by DOT, but we have overage permits 
Because at the end of the day, if I'm picking up your trash, I don't know what you put in it. I don't know what the weight is. So where I'm at, it's fine. Um, we don't really have problems with DOT anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But in other places, DOT is a big issue. Yeah. Back to Bobby's question around, like, what would you tell an entrepreneur that wanted to get started? And it sounds like the permitting process in your neck of the woods can be stringent if you don't know. Is that kind of like the the mafia over there or something? No, what I would tell people is it's a capital intensive business. Um, no matter where you are, it's a capital intensive business. And that like you got to be willing to like put all your heart into it because people can't really do this on the side like they think they can. It's a capital intensive business. You got to be put all your effort towards it. And it really doesn't make money. I, honestly, what I would tell people is to buy an existing one like I did. Otherwise, I wouldn't even bother starting something like this from scratch unless you do have like a contracting business, a roofing business, short-term rental where you're going to use it for your other business. It makes sense. Another thing I tell people is if you're going to start out the business cold turkey, get customers before you even start. And when I say get customers, talk to roofers, talk to contractors, bathroom remodelers, kitchen remodelers, small-time contractors, talk to them and see if they will use you and what they're paying. Run your numbers yourself. Um, I think that is the most important thing to do. That's awesome. Bodie, is this your, is this the first business that you've been in? Like, so my first business was actually a, was a phone fixing business. Oh, like a, okay. Like a retail but, shop, um, like a. Nah, so I was just all remote. Um, I partnered with someone. I'm a, I'm a great seller, great marketer. Um, at least I'd like to think I am. And, um, I'm great at just making connections with people and talking to people. And my partner, my other partner at the time, um, what's it called? He was he fixed his phone. So we just collabed and I was able to grow that and make some money off it. And um, I did a lot of sneaker reselling as a kid, um, stuff like that. I was always a hustler like that. I was always working in restaurants, working with other small businesses, growing up at like a small mountain called Mount Peter in New York. That was my first job as a snowboard instructor. And um, that's, I just learned a lot of people skills through that stuff. Um, that's what's really molded me as a person. Man, as, yeah. you're, as you're growing as an entrepreneur, like obviously we're in business to make money and serve people. What, yep. like, what else inspires you just in terms of like what, like what keeps you going beyond just money? Connections. I love connecting with people. Um, that's what I love the most about Twitter and about running my dumpster rental business. Like I could flip a house so easily because I have every contractor at the tip of my fingers and I've made a relationship with all of them. So for me, it's just connections. Like I go to the same restaurant every single Friday. I eat at the same breakfast place. Like I'm just a creature of habit. And like, if someone's good to me, I'm always good back to them. And like at the restaurant, I know dude. like I, I give them dumpsters sometime. I don't do their six yard dumpsters in the back, but like if they need dumpsters, they come to me like, and then their friends come to me and stuff like that. So for me, it's just connections at the end of the day. Um, did you, it's whole, did you have to me. develop that or have you naturally always kind of been that way? I've just always been that way without even realizing it until I actually got into business for myself. Um, I've always been that way. I was really big on the corporate world and I networked my ass off to get into the corporate world. Um, where like I graduated high school with like a 2.2 GPA. Um, went to a small college but I was able to land internships from just my networking skills. Um, I also grew a blog in college, a finance blog. It was called Financial Freedom 101. Um, my slogan was like investing 
um, what was it like informing the young investor? I mean, informing young adults on the importance of investing was what I used to say all the time. That's how I met my partner, Andy, in my SEO business. Um, we were in an investing group chat since like 2018 talking about stocks. And then he's just a big time coder and I was doing SEO and we were like, dude, like we just have to collab on this. Like, well, how could we not? And, um, we've just, we hit it off and then just blew it up. And then, um, we met each other for the first time on that podcast I was telling you guys about earlier. Um, we met for the first time before that podcast while running this business for six months. We've just been working online together. Wow. Um, six months. And we finally met, we did the podcast and that's how the dumpster rental guy Twitter was created. That's a good question, Bobby. And great, great answer, Bodie. Do you measure the success of your business on the quality or the amount of relationships you have? Like, is that a, is that a key measuring tool for you? It is because Mike, I don't put anyone in contracts. Like I don't put anyone in contracts. If you want to use me, you can, or you could use someone else. Um, I've actually had to let go of customers before because they take too long to pay me or I just don't want to deal with them. Um, so like I've actually turned people away and I'm the same way with my SEO business. Like if it doesn't make sense to work with each other, I'm not going to work with you. For me, like I love running businesses. I'm passionate about SMBs. If I don't click with someone, I'm not going to work with them. It's not even about the money. It's just about like working with someone. Yeah vibe with them making sure i can connect with them because like it's really not about the money for me that's um, awesome money's meaningless at the end of the day it's a tool right it's a tool but it's meaningless like i can make a million dollars tomorrow but like i'll be numb to it because what's it gonna do for me you know like yeah what would you say now like is your is your dumpster rental business or your seo business oh which one's more successful and, and which one are you putting most of your time into? It's a crazy, crazy, the SEO business is catching up. Um, it's catching up. What I like about the SEO business, my gross margins are way better. What I like about my dumpster, what I like about the SEO business is it's national. Like if I want to buy a property in, um, what's it called? Charlotte, North Carolina per se. I know that I have an SEO client there um, and a cleaning company there that could help me out if I need something or like that. But also what's great about my dumpster business is like, I'm not like a local hero, I'm not going to call it, but like a lot of people know me in my town. They knew me before the business, but now they especially know me. Um, and then like, I have a lot of older people in my town. So like my friend runs, you guys know what Pfizer is, obviously. My friend runs the Pfizer campus. He's like the chief site technician or whatever on it. And I'm like, any contractor, um, they lease out a lot of stuff in that. But like, he was like, dude, I met three people today that all know you, like older people that just all know you from like just me making connections with people around the county. So it's just that I like that too, like being able to go to a restaurant or bar and I always know someone no matter what. Or like if I'm on vacation now, like in Austin, Texas, I'll be like, I'll tell my girlfriend like, oh, I have a client here or I have a lot of friends in Florida. I actually just closed down a place in Florida. And I'm driving on the highway in Florida. I'm like, holy shit, that's one of my first SEO clients just driving his junk removal truck down the road. It's crazy stuff like that. Like, I just love the networking effect of things. Are most of your SEO clients, are they in the services business? Oh, yeah. That's what I, that's all I really, I've gotten crazy offers. I've could have taken on big time contracts, um, but I specialize in service-based marketing. Um, that's what I know I do best. 
Um, we only really specialize in SEO web design now. I don't even really bother with Google ads or Facebook ads unless people come to me with the right budget. But um, at the end of the day, I know I can get people results through SEO with a highly optimized website. So we really scaled our offer down and um, just to focus on what we know we do best. And so to, to highly optimize a website, because, you know, in, in my business, we hired this company out of the UK and um, it has to be SEO specific. So it has to like have those key search words that, that come up the most, right? To kind of link it back. And I've learned a little bit about backlinks and SEO, but it's, it's fascinating to me. I, I understand it's like building real estate online. It's digital real estate. So if I, it's funny, I got someone trying to acquire my dumpster business and um, I sent him over like a scan and I was like, of like, you look up Rock County Dumpster Rental. I just put a scan of it and was like, I'll never sell you this business <laughs> because I own the digital real estate there already. Like you can't, unless you're giving me a crazy number, like I own the real estate where I am on the digital side of things. It's going to be tough to outbeat me. You might be able to outpay with Google ads, but you'll never beat me on the SEO side of things. Which if you're like me, like when I Google dumpster rental Rockingham County, like you'll see the first few listings and they'll say ad beside them, right? But then you'll see the natural listings come up and that's SEO, right? And that's that's where you would appear. That's the map pack. Yeah, I don't share my business online. Um, I used to, but I had someone write like 31 star reviews in Pakistan. So I trace the IP address. So I really don't like to share my business online like that. I used to do it on Twitter. I blew up one. Sorry, my dog's in the background barking. Um, I I blew up a post once and someone attacked me. So I just stopped. Well, um, I really wish I could. And then people like are like, oh, the dumpster rental guy's fake. He's on a dumpster rental business. So like I always black out my dumpsters and whatnot. You never see my logos because of yeah. that. But I wish you didn't have to be in the way, but it is. <laughs> that's that's nuts, man. I, I've got a client and um, he's big into the short-term rental space and he's pretty social media famous. He's got a lot of short-term rental places. And if he put it out there, like which short-term rentals were his, he would be booked up immediately. But the risk of that is way worse than the benefit. Yeah, risk is way worse. No, for me, it's like, I'd rather people talk I rather people, I don't know if you guys care about cursing. I rather people talk shit to me on Twitter about being the dumpster rental guy, being fake, than just going with the risk. Because I like to keep both things separate. Like one business is separate from the other business. The dumpster rental guy is his own guy, you know? It's, it's, <laughs> That's my inner Tyler Durden. Your own avatar, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Man, as you, um, you kind of look forward, you know, like in your kind of personal development business and stuff like you're still young obviously but like man how do you think about continuing to develop yourself me as my personal self not well, my business yeah i would say just you as a leader in general he's a leader it's, it's a tough question it's honestly the toughest thing you guys ask me i don't even like for me it's about it's tough like i'm a big believer of keeping my workers happy employees happy um on my seo agency and my dumpster agency i'm all about that like one of my one of my guys were going to retire and i was like what do i have to do to keep you here like one more year like what do i have to do um so he's like okay raise my pay from 25 an hour to 30 an hour i said no problem like to me that's what's what's most important to me is just being flexible 
on my leadership. Like I'm, a, I'm a team player at the end of the day. Like I was never really like a captain, but like I would have been right under the captain of the team of like, I'll do whatever it takes to do whatever. Um, I'm the hardest worker here. Like I'll work my ass off no matter what. So that's pretty much how I think. Like just outworking everyone else, and that will lead the way of my employees or workers. Like my hard work will want other people's to work just as hard as me. Um, yeah, and I, I think for anybody that's, you know, like listening to this, like the way I think about it, there are times kind of like what you're describing where you don't even really think about it. You just put your head down and you work and the results you're getting are in line with the sort of leadership that you are bringing to the business. I mean, that's just the reality in any business. Like the results you're getting are a direct reflection of like the highest leader in the business. But I do think at some point for all of us as, as business owners, like the business will get to a point where, you know, we got to level up to the next level for the business to level up to the next level. And, you know, at some, at some point, all of us will hit the ceiling, obviously, which is why there's thousands, there's so many different size businesses because it's like, okay, well, the leaders have sort of hit there. So I don't, I don't think, man, you're not even thinking a whole lot. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, you're just head down leading your business. Um, you know, and I think that's where a lot of people are. It's, it's not until we get to that, that crossroads and we have to realize, wait a minute for me to go to the next level, I'm really going to have to kind of level up my own personal leadership. The biggest, the biggest hardship with this business I'm dealing with right now is making the jump to getting, let's say 25 more dumpsters in a new truck. It's just a huge investment. And I'm just like, is it worth it? Is it not worth it? It's the unknown, like any other thing with business. That's definitely something I'm really struggling with right now. Is like, do I invest 300 grand right now or do I not? So to me, it's like, or I'm pretty happy where I am right now. You know, it's like, do I need to do that or I need to double down on my SEO agency? So for me, those are two things I fight with daily, like angel and devil on both shoulders, fight with daily. Um, but yeah, and it's a it's a in many ways it's a blessing because you're having to you're having to make decisions you've never made before that are maybe bigger than you've ever made before, which it's you know, that's that's much better than what the opposite could be, you know? And like my first year in business, I didn't pay myself a dime. Like I did not pay myself a dime. I pretty much put all my money into it. Like I didn't pay myself a dime and now I'm able to pay myself pretty nice living. Um like, so for me, it's just building systems is honestly what I'm really like automations, automating this business as much as possible. Um, where like, there's been, I have it pretty automated. Like I go to Italy once a year so I can run the business from Italy. I'm going to Breckenridge, Colorado in two weeks. Um, I'm going to California in March. Like I'm able to automate the business, but like something like this week where one driver's on vacation, my other driver's brother passed away. I have to get in the truck and work, which stinks. I'm lucky it's the winter time because if it was the summer, I'd be screwed. I'd be absolutely screwed. Do you see this step in your business as big a step as it was when you first acquired the business? Do you liken it to- Yes, I think it's bigger. I think it's a bigger step. Honestly, at this point, I think it's a bigger step because plenty of people have overgrown and got crushed. So I don't want to just- like I focused on a lot of growth my first two years. Now I'm more of on like the value side. Um, I'll use like stock investing as an example. Like 
I was more all about like not really making a profit, acquiring customers my first two years. But now I'm like, let's sit back. Let's make money on the value side of things. Didn't spend any money on ads last year. Um, and we still broke records from the previous year. But like my first two years in business, I spent 90 grand on ads on Google ads alone. So another thing I've done is like, we've kind of cut out junk removal a lot. They're profitable jobs, but just my bread and butter is dumpster rentals. Like I know I could flip dumpsters very easily, very quickly. Um, that's just my bread and butter. And like junk removal was getting in the way of that. Where like I had to drop a dumpster off, but then we had our dumpsters moving, but then we needed another dumpster at the job or a, f a wall broke at the job and we got a hole in the wall. Like it was just, it was a pain in the ass where I know dumpsters drop off, pick up, very clear cutthroat, better margins in the junk removal game, but I can also spend my time doing other stuff, growing my dumpster rental business where those margins won't even matter. Um, I still take clean out jobs, junk removal jobs with realtors um, if it's a big job. And I usually do them on Saturdays so I can get like three or four dumpsters there um, and then let our dumpster route just do its thing. So I'll either drop it off Friday night or early Saturday morning. I'll complete a job in the morning and then I'll go on with that throughout my day. You mentioned that you like, first of all, thank you for that explanation. That's, that's super good. Um, but you mentioned that you spent like 90 grand in Google ads your first year. Yeah. My first two years, like 45 K yeah. each. But if you're an entrepreneur and you're getting in and you're thinking, man, like, are these Google ads worth it? Like, what is like, what was that? Do, have you been able to quantify that? Nowadays, Nowadays, it's not worth it. It's not? Nowadays, you got to go all about Google LSAs if they're in your market. Otherwise, you got to spend at least 5 to 10K on ads. But um, Google local service ads, they just came out with. And um, nowadays, that's what you got to go into. Okay. For a, for a service specific. For the service industry. Yeah. The problem is they're increasing the prices on Google local service ads. They started at like $30 and now they're going like $60. So if my cost per conversion was $60, it's not even worth it. Where like I was getting like $25, $30 cost per conversions. Um, and that conversion is an actual sell, done deal. So what was your conversion? Anything, like what was, so say, I'm saying that like my cost per conversion was like $25 to $30. Where like now LSAs are pretty dominant, in mar not in my market, but in a lot of other markets. Where like people will spend $60 for just a phone call. It's not... It's crazy. Yeah. I guess it all depends it's on crazy. the product you're you're selling. Like, if you're making three hundred dollars and it costs you sixty, that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. But then I got to pay my driver, and then the gas, and then I got to encounter insurance, and there's just there's so much where like it gets a little different. It gets a little complicated. Totally. So for me, I don't even need to do it anymore. But for me, it's not worth yeah. it. SEO probably does what you want to do. The SEO is all I really need at this point. I have a great book of recurring customers and then the SEO clients, just free leads that come in and that's where really the money's made. Tell me this, and I'm um, sorry to kind of dominate some of this, but this is super interesting to me. Like from what I understand in the SEO world, like you can run ads for a year and you can get really tight on SEO for a year. And at the end of that year, you can basically turn them both off and you're, You've kind of built what you wanted to build, right? Yup, but it depends on the market. Austin, Texas, you can't do that. Uh, Miami, Florida, you can't do that. Um, it all depends on the market. 
Um, California, you can't do that. It all depends on the market. Some markets, you got to keep doing it because everyone else is doing it. And they're just going to outrank you. So it depends. It totally depends on the market. What I like to tell cleaners, I deal with a lot of remote cleaners, uh, which is a crazy business. I don't know how some of these guys do it. There's like 10% margins. But um, what I tell them is like the good thing about cleaning ads is you get recurring clients. The bad thing is you're going to pay more to get those clients the first clean than you're going to make on the job. So that's just something that's tough. But the good thing is after you pay $100 to convert that client, if they use you 12 times this year, 24 times this year, you're good. You're golden. So it, it's totally dependent on the market. Like it varies everywhere. Um, cost per click could be $1.20 here, but twelve eighty in Indianapolis. So my conversion could be 20 bucks. His could be 60. So it's, it's all market dependent. Um, that's pretty much key in markets. Buddy, this this has been great today, man. Just kind of all all over the place. This, this is really value add stuff, um, man. One last question I would have because I feel like a lot of people listening to this may kind of wonder this. Like, okay, I'm a small business. I need to go do more SEO stuff for my business. Um, you know, I'm I'm convinced of that. Sitting here listening to this podcast, the problem is for a lot of people, SEO. It's like an alien language. Like they don't, they're just not, they don't, they don't understand it. They don't know what it is. So even going to interview, you know, like a third party, that's going to help them with the SEO. They probably, they probably don't even know what to look for. So what, like you being in that world, like what would you advise? Like if I go talk to three different SEO companies about helping my business, what, what would you be looking for in terms of like, okay, when they say this, this is probably the person you need to work with. Like these are going to be probably the best people. It's tough to say. My pitch is always like, I own a service-based business and I have a Mac background in this industry. But what I would tell people is don't get locked into a six month contract. Um, I do three month contracts with my business. I tell people don't get locked into a six month or one year contract. See if they have testimonials. See if they've worked with other clients. If people can vouch for them, don't just sign with any random guy. Another important thing is see how many backlinks they're promising you. If they're telling you like a ridiculous number of backlinks, run faster than you can. Because a problem is a lot of SEOs will build your site up with backlinks. Um, and they'll work for a couple months and they're all spammy backlinks, probably from India or Pakistan. And then after a couple months, it completely kills your domain authority and your ranking. So those are some important things is just get some testimonials, um, see what their offer is, and definitely try to talk to one of their old customers or one of their current customers. Um, that's very important. It's also all about the pitch. Like when I, when I pitch clients, like we do all our contact through Slack. We don't do anything through email. I hate going back and forth on email. I'm terrible at it. Like I hate it. Um, where we do all our stuff through Slack, where if you want to contact me, you're my client, like write in Slack, hey, can we get on the call today? I'll get on a call with you. You got to make sure they're giving you monthly reporting and they're scanning your market. So like every month I'll scan, let's say I'm doing your business. I scan your market and I'll say, okay, that last month we were at 10, 10, 10, 10. Now we're at sevens or something like that, which is key. Just making sure you get those monthly reports, but making sure they show you them in a simple manner. And like for us, when we send people a proposal, we have all our deliverables 
writing that proposal of exactly what we're going to do. If we don't do anything like that, we'll either add it or have to refund you. Like it's that simple. That's great, um, man. That's great. Great answer. So just, you got to make sure like people can vouch for that company. Cause I've heard crazy stories. Another important thing is make sure you own your domain. That is a huge problem with people. I actually have someone on Twitter who's like about to sign with me, but his problem is like his other companies like you got to pay us a hundred a month and we're keeping your website. We're like, for me and my partner, Andy, like we're, we don't care about your domain. Like we just want to do SEO for you. I'm not going to hold you hostage. I like doing SEO. Like we like building it out. Like it's not about the money. The money's just so we could do it for you. Otherwise it's not about the money. It's about just being able to grow your business to an online presence and show you that that's more important to us than whatever money we make from it. Wow. That's awesome. What something specific you said, what is a, what would you consider a ridiculous amount of backlinks? Like I was proposed to deal the other day that they said I would get 10 backlinks. That's good. That's good. Okay. 10 backlinks a month is good. And then you can use a free tool like SEMrush to track those backlinks. That's good. 10 backlinks is good because that means they're high domain authoritative backlinks. That's very important because 200 is not good. No. Okay. Man, I'm learning. I'm learning. This has- yeah, no, that's just, some, that's just some important stuff. If you have ever a question like that, let me know. I'll Dude, answer. You're full of knowledge, multi, multifaceted guy to be so young. We're, we're yeah. I'm a, I'm a scatterbrain is what I like to call myself. <laughs> I'm up at 12 o'clock reading Reddit and learning all in forums since I was like 14. So it's awesome. Good for you, man. It's been an, it's been a real pleasure to chat with you, man. Get to know you. I'd love to love to stay in touch. What else you got? Yes, sir. Nice to meet you guys. Well, man, I think, I think that's it. So, um, you know, we're, we're up at almost an hour, so this has gone by crazy quick, but, um, if anybody wanted to get in touch with you kind of moving forward, if they listen to this podcast and are like, man, turns out I want to buy dumpster rental business and I need SEO. Like who, how would they get in touch with you? Uh, just DM me on Twitter at I rent dumpsters or the dumpster rental guy. Um, that's the best place to contact me. I completely run my Twitter myself. I don't outsource anything. So you'll get an answer from me no matter what, unless it's some crazy pitch. Yeah. <laughs> you get a lot of those. Awesome. You got anything, Bobby? No, that's it. Thanks, buddy. This is awesome, man. I'm sure you're going to have a ton of success in the future. So good luck with everything, man. Tons of value add stuff. So appreciate it. Yep. Awesome. Appreciate it, man. You guys. guys. As we conclude this episode of the Good Endeavor Business Show, Bobby and I would like to extend our gratitude for joining us on this insightful journey. Remember, whether in business or life, every endeavor holds profound meaning. Your pursuit of excellence and service contributes to a purposeful narrative. Until next time, keep thriving in all your endeavors.